Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at kalamunda.church. Why don't we pray together, Father, we do just hail you, we say you are the King. Just let those words sink in, let's just stop for a moment, let's just be still. We haven't come to a club, we haven't come to an organisation, we've come to meet together and when two or three are gathered in his name, he is here. So we want to acknowledge you, Jesus, your presence here right now with us in a, in a special way when we're gathered together. Thank you that you never leave us nor forsake us, but I want to thank you, Father, there's something powerful that happens when the church is gathered. And so we're expectant this morning, Lord, not for, from a word from man, but a word from heaven this morning. We're expectant, Lord, for lives to be changed because you are the life changer. We're expectant, Lord, for something to happen that we can't do because you are so much greater. Thank you, Jesus. We all come as we're in an attitude of prayer. I just want you to know right now that God knows and he sees and he knows the week you've had. He knows everything that's going on and he just loves you so much and I'm not just saying this just to be dramatic, but I just sense what I want to share this morning. God is actually going to speak speak specifically to someone's situation. And I just say that in faith, Lord. I just thank you for something of substance from heaven to our hearts that brings transformation that only you can do. So, Lord, we open our lives to you this morning. We open our minds to you to receive the living, enduring, all-powerful, incorruptible word of the living God. And everybody with faith said... Amen. 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 On the balcony. I can hear you. Awesome. Welcome. Welcome this morning. My name's Brad, and if I haven't met you, I'm one of the pastors here, and it's great to be back at church and a new school term about to start. Who's looking forward to the kids going to school? Well, and when we've got kids' church back on, we'll get a few more amens next week. They'll all be like, yeah. Sky, I thought I could have heard an amen from you, but I didn't. It's great to be with you this morning. Everyone have, had a good Easter? Good to see some faces and friends and families that are, are back from being away. Um, and we do, as Tom pray, said, pray for those in isolation. Some are still, it's still going through the, the motions, isn't it, of this uh, interesting world that we live in. Um, but it's just great to be here this morning. And I want to get into the Word of God with you this morning. Um, all, uh, we actually finished the series sort of at Easter where, where we talked about promises that are greater than, than pandemic pressures that we face. And uh, if you haven't heard all them, they should, they'll be on our podcast and things like that. And uh, just, I think, they're really potent to some of the things that we're experiencing as a church and some really key stuff there that speak, speak into the life of our church. Uh, really, um, so we're moving into this next term. And I just want to share with you, if you don't get the weekly emails, subscribe and you can get the weekly emails to really know what's happening. Well, we're going to be really focusing in on the thing that Jesus died for, the reason we celebrate Easter over this, this next term. And the thing is, when Jesus was on the cross, he wasn't just saying, when he said it is finished, he wasn't saying his life's finished. He really wasn't saying it's finished at all. He was saying, as, as we've celebrated around communion, uh, sin is finished. The penalty of sin is actually finished. The penalty is over. The power of sin has actually been broken even though sometimes we let it creep back in, the power of sin has actually been broken and you can resist uh, sin. 
uh, won't be sinless, but you'll find in life as you're sanctified, you're sinning less and things like that. Uh, but he actually died and something begun, which was called the church, the family of God. And over this term, we're going to be looking at what it means to belong, to be created for community what it means to be a part of a family. And in the Bible, the church is uh, talked about in different ways from the body of Christ, from the family of God, the bride of Christ, so many different ways. And we're going to be exploring some of that this term because uh, coming out of Easter, God wants us to be focused on what it means, I believe, to be a community of faith. Because who knows that you don't, we don't go to church. Church is not something you attend. Church is not something that you did on Sunday morning, church is who we are. And we see in the book of Acts when the church leaves the building. That's really what the book of Acts is all about, when the church leaves the building. And when the gospel really impacts your life, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, there should be some action, some acts in your life. That's why Acts is next. And when it really touches your life, the gospel of Jesus Christ, there will be some action that happens in your life when we leave the building. Amen. I I think uh, I, I was thinking about as a, as a preacher and a pastor, you know, there's, if you come to church, say, I don't know, reasonably regular, and there's probably maybe, I don't know, 40 Sundays of the year with things that happen and stuff like that, and there's really just a, uh, less than an hour a week, in fact, maybe a 25-minute sermon 40 times a year. I mean, it's not much time, is it? It's not much time to grow to become all that God wants you to be for 25 to 30 minutes on a Sunday, and that's why community, the family of God, has never been a more important message today than ever before, I believe. It's so important. And we're going to look at what it means this morning to be planted for purpose. If you've got your Bibles there, we've got Psalms 92 on the screen, a great psalm. We're going to start at verse 12, and we're going to dive into some thoughts this morning around this psalm. I love this psalm. Psalm 92 verse 12 says this. It says, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. It didn't say they might flourish. It didn't say they they could flourish. It says they will, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Verse 14, they will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. So good. Verse 15, proclaiming, the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no wickedness in him. The righteous will flourish. Uh, I remember the first lockdown back in 2020. uh, Me and Sky thought, well, you know, we were locked down for a period of time. I don't know if anyone can relate to this, but the first thing we did was go out to the nursery. And we were going to become the best veggie garden growers on the planet. And we were going to just, our veggie patch was going to be something to be admired and, and probably st- we'll probably start a business out of this, get a website happening. And we bought these plants and then we thought, well, let's just not stop at the veggie patch. Let, let's do the, the veranda as well. Let's get all these plants. And, and, and I think I've got a photo of some of the things that how we went. It's not, not the real photo, but that captures our COVID experience. That captures what happens because did you know that to plant something is not just to get it and to put it on show and by accident. It just doesn't happen by accident. Isn't that the truth? You don't find yourself accidentally planted and flourishing. And I thought we could just buy the stuff and just put it there. And apparently you've got to water it. Apparently you've got to do other things. But who, you know, and it just withered and died. And so uh, we've always had a 
you know, I'm not saying we're terrible gardeners. I like being out in the garden and doing things. I'm just saying to keep it alive is another question. And so when we started to have children, our family were quite concerned about me and Sky. They thought if this, if we would really need to keep a close eye on how they go with these kids. But uh, so far, so good. So that's good. But planted, I want to talk to you this morning. It's, it really is a, a, a word that isn't really cool. <laughs> it's not a cool word to be planted because the cool words in Christianity are things like sent, like I'm, I'm on assignment for Jesus, I'm on, I'm on mission for God, I'm going out. And to be planted is like I've got to be settled and constrained. It's, it's not a cool word, but it's the most important word because the most powerful sent people, the most powerful evangelistic people, the most powerful ministry people that have a ministry in their workplace, in their family, in their lives, are people who know knows what it is to be planted in the house of the Lord. They're the ones that are flourishing is when you're planted. If you look at your life spiritually and around you and you see that I am not flourishing, the question you need to ask is, am I planted in the house of the Lord? And I want to talk about a bit about what that means because a planted people flourish. The purpose of God is for you to be planted. A few pre-thoughts what, what planted means. Um, number one, planted uh, is not a, an attending church every week. Planted is not serving on a ministry team, necessarily. Planted is not being a member, necessarily. Planted is not giving financially, necessarily. Because you can do all them things and still be not planted. You can do the things, you can be have the appearance that you're planted, but true planted is a bit different. True, when you're truly planted in the house of the Lord, is when your roots are going down deep in a way that you are connected in community in such a way that it transforms your life, but more than that, it transforms people around you. To be planted is, not, is a spiritual decision more than a physical attendance. It's something spiritual, it's something on the inside of you. Being planted at Kalamunda Church means that this is my spiritual home. This is where I'm putting down roots. This is where I get my spiritual nourishment and hopefully lots of other places too. But this is one of my primary places that I sow into, that I serve. And, and all them things they come out of, I give and I serve because I am planted. Not because I'm trying to be planted. See, it happens the, the right way around. It's a spiritual decision. Number two, uh, a thing about being planted, I haven't got to my point yet, sorry, that's fine, you can leave that there, thank you, is that being planted is, is a commitment to stay. Being planted, when, when, when the, uh, you plant a tree, and I was going to actually do that, I didn't get, get it all happening, I was going to get up here and actually plant some things, but I just knew they'd die anyway, so what's the point? But I was going to do that, and, and I was going to show that, you know, it actually, for proper gardeners, the real, real deal people, that they prepare they prepare the ground and they prepare the soil and they take time and, and it's not just about getting the job done. There's lots of pre-work and, and lots of other things they think about and location and situation. See, so many people make decisions for their life. Catch this. Uh, this is a God thought for somebody. Decisions for their life. We make them all around other things. My, my kids, my, 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 my finances, my career, my whatever it is. And maybe the best decisions that have been made around where you're spiritually should be planted putting God's uh, agenda for your life first and then everything else will fall into place. Amen? It's a powerful thought. It's a good thought. But when, when we plant them, uh, all that pre-thought, it's a commitment to stay. It's not a commitment for consumerism that we live in so much, isn't it? That's what we, in this world, it's so much about, and even as leaders and Christian leaders, we can fall into that trap of thinking, are we providing a good service? 
You know, are, are you, are you, how often do you hear this about churches? I'm just not getting my needs met. And the question I ask to somebody, if you're not getting your needs met, are you meeting other people's needs? Because the Bible says, he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. It's when you are in serving, when you're a part of uh, fulfilling your calling that you find that you are refreshed. But so often we can come, can't we, with a consumer attitude. It's all about the three most important people in the world, me, myself, and, and I. And when uh, we come and if, if, if everything meets my needs, then I might hang around. And if you're really like, I might even get committed. But, but to be planted is not about that. To be planted is about a, being a contributor more than a consumer. That's what being planted is. I like this next thought I had this week was to be planted is to embrace dirt, to get messy. You know, if I was to do that analogy up here, I'd have sand and dirt and dust all over me. To be planted often means getting down and dirty. To be planted means that you hang around long enough to have to wash some dirt off. Who knows that in, the, in any family, there's a, there's a thing that a lot of people experience uh, called problems. And so in any family, things get messy. In any family, people get upset. In any family, somebody offends somebody. In any family, it gets ugly sometimes. And, and, but, you know, to be planted means, you know what? I'm planted here. I'm here in the mess. And when it's not messy, I'm not leaving. When the times get tough, I'm just going to stay. Sometimes the most powerful thing to do in a tough time is nothing. Just stay put. Just be still and know He is God. And I think to be planted is to understand. And if you're, uh, as we are in this fresh season of Kalamunda Church, it's so exciting. I love people. We love people. And so meeting new people and people that have been uh, coming along and been joining a part of the church. We have a, a philosophy around here that you don't need to be a member here to serve, to be a part of the life of the church. There will be certain things you do need to be a member for, of course, and, and that type of thing. And we're at this stage, at this moment, as a, as a board and eldership going through a membership and just refining and refreshing some stuff about being a member. But it's really not about being a member. You could still come here and flourish and serve as you get to know us and we get to know you and find your spiritual fit, so to speak, and that sort of thing. But at times it will get dirty because we're just all people um, we're not committed to a one-night stand type of church, amen? We're committed to a long-term relationship. At, at least that's how I feel in my heart, that it's about going through the ups and the downs and actually realizing that, hey, if I'm coming to check Kalamunda Church out, it's, this isn't going to be a perfect church. I tell you what, there's going to be some people that really don't like our church, and that's okay. There's a church for them somewhere, and that's okay. It not, may not be the church. For, this will not be the church for religious people. And I don't say that nastily or anything like that, but if it's all about getting everything right and ticking the boxes and, getting, and picking up the theology, of which you could probably do all, all week long and come back and tell me, and if it's all about that, then you just haven't got the heart that we have here at Kalamunda. We are an outward-focused church. We are more than a Sunday. We are about the lost, and this whole service is not just about you and me. It's about us growing up to go out and reach people for Jesus Christ. That is why we exist. We exist for our non-members. Amen, Brad. Thank you. Another thing about when you're planted, you, you make a decision that serving and sowing is a delight, not a duty. Why? Because we're behind the vision of what God wants to do here. See, planted people are established people. 
they're established in the body of Christ. And um, there's a, a passage in 1 Corinthians 12. I'm going to save that 1 Corinthians 12 for another Sunday, but you, if you're familiar with it, it's all about how we are one body. I'll read the one verse, verse 12 of 1 Corinthians 12, but this week I'd love you to read 1 Corinthians 12 um, sometime and, and just soak in it because it'll really help with some of the stuff coming going forward as in this series. It says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. I, I just love that thought. Some people say, you know, church membership is not in the Bible. I'm not going to be a member because it's not even biblical. It's not on the screen. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 12. The first, many members. Now, it's not about membership like we're talking about, but church membership is actually about being a body part. Church membership is about being a vital organ or a body part that you are contributing to the life of our church. I often get a picture, like in my mind, if Jesus was on earth today in physical form and was walking through Kalamunda with arms and legs and a physical body and a mouth and everything, what would he look like? What would it be like? How would he be effective? And that's actually who we are all together as Christ is one, so we are one with different members. And, and the, the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. And you can't say to the person over the other side of the church, I don't need you. Because we all need different parts of the body. And, um, so, and I just love that thought because some people out in the world think the church is just one part of the body and that's a mouth. <laughs> but we're more than a mouth, eh? want people to be known what we're for more than what we're against. That we are for Jesus, that we are for love, that we are for restoration, that we are for the life of God impacting you. But, but church membership is actually about that. It's about when you are using your part, your, your contribution to serve the rest of the body. And as we're established in, in, in church, uh, sorry, as we're established in our relationship with God, you know, becoming a part of the church, I know for my life, has been everything. Because you could imagine that the one thing the devil would love to do, if what I said before is true, if it's a real problem on the earth, then the, de the devil just wants to with the body of Christ, this is his goal, is to dislocate members. To dislocate members and isolate body parts so that we're less effective. And that's why I really would love you to hear this morning that God, I believe, would want to encourage you this morning and say, you are important. You are valuable. It's not, you know, I, I, one of the first, I might have said this before, but one of the first jobs... I did it at Mark and Boone Church of Christ. I remember the grand privilege of having the keys to lock the building up. And, that, you know, that, I was holding on the keys to the kingdom, you know, like this. I'm locking this thing up. But to me, that was as important as the person preaching the gospel. The person cleaning the toilets is as important as the person welcoming out the door, as the person making barista coffee. No, I, I changed that. The barista coffee person is way different. They need to be trained and qualified. They're important people. Sorry. That's just my theology going a bit whack there. But we are all, it's all, it's all important. Does that make sense? And you have something to contribute. You come here this morning with gold on the inside of you and us as a church are saying, hey, we need that gold and you need our gold and we need each other. We need to be planted. And now I'll start the sermon. Just kidding. That's that, not really. <laughs> I've shown this picture before on the screen. 
But I love this thought um, because it's a picture of the great redwood trees in California. And they're just so massive and high. But it's interesting that although it's a shallow root system, they all intertwine together. They are locked to each other. So, so what, I, what I get from that, I love that thought that as we're planted together, you don't need to have all your th- theology down pat. You don't need to know everything. Even if there's just a shallow root system, just we're together. We're interlocking as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And that is how we grow. So the question is, are you putting your roots down? Are, are, you, are you putting your roots down and being prepared to be planted in community? Because the planted people, the Bible promises, will flourish. And that's what I want to say right now, flourish. I love that word flourish. It's just, I love that word, a sense of, just of what it embodies, that flourishing life, flourishing that you're thriving, not just surviving, flourishing. And that is God's will for our lives. Uh, the word flourish, I might even have it on the screen there, yeah, to, to thrive, to grow, to increase, to enlarge as a healthy, growing plant. God is crazy about his kids flourishing. Any parents here that are crazy about your kids flourishing? You know, that just makes you smile, doesn't it? If your kids are flourishing, like just even, even for me, just, just if they empty the dishwasher, it's like the best day in the world. It's me, we're like, look at them go. Look at them flourish. Or whatever, as they grow older. But that's a parent, a natural parent desire. And, it's nat- and that is good. And God's desire, he's not looking at you going, oh, I just want to get them to stop sinning. I just wish they would behave a bit better. No, he's looking at you going, oh, my heart is for you to flourish. See, I think the old days was a bit like you come to a church and if you believe correctly, then you can belong and you better behave. <laughs> but I think what we're saying as a church is, You can belong here no matter what you believe, no matter how you behave, because I believe that Jesus preached and Jesus' ministry that he gives can do all the changing that you need. And I'm not really the behavior policeman. I'm the, the, as I said last week, I'm just like a pizza boy. No one really gets their pizza and goes, wow, did you see the pizza boy? No, they go, wow, look what's in the box. And I'm just delivering the word of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what's going to change your lives and fill you up to become all God wants you to be. God wants you to flourish this year. Uh, Flourishing is often dependent on environments. So you've got to ask yourself the question, am I in the right environment? In the house of God, have I got the things that I need. And it's so true that you need to pick the best environment. And, and as we come to Kalamunda, we need to always say, hey, how's the environment going? Uh, is, is, it, is this a good place to nurture flourishing? And uh, I believe that God is going to and keep doing a really good work in and through us. But you can't do it on your own, can you? You know, even uh, being a sheep shearer in a shearing team, do you know that the results of a shearer shearing on his own will always be less than when he shears in a team. So for me, if I just have to do a job on my own and I'm there all day, if I've got someone else shearing next, when you're in a team, something happens. You perform at a better, higher higher speed and you're more efficient. Same with going to footy training. Notice you don't go to footy training or cricket training. When you're on your own, it's quite hard to bowl to yourself and run up and then hit the ball back again. But, but when you've got people around you, what happens? And 
It's almost like something spirit happens. There's like a spirit in the place and you suddenly get, get around each other and you're thinking about the finals and you're thinking about what could be achieved and if we keep training hard, and we keep, you suddenly the spirit lifts you all and you go to another level and someone encourages you and says something to you and suddenly you just rise up on the inside and suddenly you can do things that you can't do. If that's how it is in the natural, how much more in the supernatural with the power of God and the Spirit of God in His community as we come together and as we get planted together and get into home groups and connect groups and, and, and join together, how much more can God do a work where you can flourish more than you ever thought you could? I want to be planted for my family. As a dad, I want to be planted. I don't want my kids to think that going to church is the optional extra of our lives. And I don't say that to condemn people that aren't at church every week. I honestly am not moved by whether it's you, me, when I'm preaching to myself, or whether the place is packed. We love people. It's all about people. But I know that for me, I want to model what does it mean to be planted? What does it mean to be planted in the house of the Lord? See, it says, how will you flourish? You will flourish like a palm tree, like a palm tree. That's an interesting thought, isn't it? And the thing about palm trees is, the thing that is interesting about them is they can stand in a storm. They can survive the hard times because there's something about a palm tree. Listen, listen, this is interesting. They are very flexible. They are blessed with flexibility and comeback strength. So when a storm comes, some palm trees will get blown over and nearly touch the ground. They're actually nearly touching the ground. And, you know, you think it's over. A bit like Good Friday and Silent Saturday. Jesus is going down and it's like it's all over. And it's like just about touching the ground. Has the enemy won? Has he knocked me over? But for a palm tree, because of how their roots are and how they're planted, as soon as the storm leaves, it comes back up. And it bounces back and it says, the righteous, you will flourish like a palm tree. So when adversity knocks on your door, you may bend, but you won't break. When the hard times come, you may fall over a bit, but you'll get back up like a righteous man gets back up seven times again. I know when cancer knocked on our family's door, I didn't just answer the door. The whole body of Christ answered the door. I had people, I had friends, I had family, I had churches arrived to answer that door with me. And guess what? I'm bouncing back up because I'm planted in the house of the Lord. And again, it's not just a legalistic thing that you do to say, oh, this, it's not something about saying, God, I want, to, I want to let my roots go down deep here. I want to form relationships and friendships where I'm vulnerable and I'm real. I want to be a part of the family. And I love that verse that we've said before, that God sets the lonely in families. Sets the lonely in families. He doesn't want you to do it alone. Another thing about a palm tree is they can survive harsh heat. They can survive the desert times. I love that thought. Another thing about the palm tree, if you were here a few weeks ago, Palm Sunday, the palm tree is a symbol of victory. The palm branch is a symbol of victory. And so the righteous people, if only there were some of them in the building today, some righteous people that can flourish like a palm tree. Isn't it good that our righteousness is not dependent on us? Tim, uh, Tim, Tom, Tim, Tom, Tom, that was great. How I just love that thought, how we don't need to measure up to the old law. I just love that thought, how we're not up here killing animals and it's been done. It is finished. You are righteous in Christ right now. In fact, you, you, you never get more righteous than you are in your spirit right now. You can do really good works this afternoon. You can go and do something amazing. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't get after, after my sermon. I preached a sermon. God, am I more righteous today than Monday when I yelled at the kids and... Uh, 
No, you're not, Brad, because your righteousness is never dependent on anything you did or could ever do. It's dependent on everything Jesus done and did, and that's why the gospel is not spelt D-O-D-O-N-E, done. And I just praise God that we are righteous and we can say we're going to flourish like a palm tree. The next thing it says is they will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Um, the cedar of Lebanon. It, cedar wood is very prized wood at that time. Cedar trees, tr- cedar wood, uh, very powerful uh, to be used for, for, for building and that sort of thing. But more than that, a cedar tree would grow, catch this, near water preferably, in certain, especially in certain places, near water. And God wants you to be planted near water to grow. We need the water of God's Word and God's Spirit and of each other. The thing about a cedar tree is they grow three directions. First, they grow down. So with a, with a, with a powerful, big root system. And who knows that if we want to flourish like the cedar tree, like, we'll be like a cedar tree, we'll put our roots down, we'll grow down. That's about having a passion and hunger for God's Word. That's about... Uh, committed to the local body in that way that we're talking about, growing, putting your roots down and being stabilised. But, but a cedar tree not only grows down, they grow very tall and they create great influence. And God wants to grow you and flourish you so you are... Minimal people's ministry are actually in the four walls of the church. It's not all of us are not called to just be ministering in the church. All of us are called to serve, but there are ministries in this room that are so much far-reaching than my voice will ever go on a Sunday morning. They go into your staff. They go into your business. They go into your, your universities. They go into schools. They go into teaching. They, they, they create influence. And, and as you grow in God, that influence that grows up and the other place the cedar tree grows is really wide. I saw a photo of one this week. Really wide. And so the Lots of things can, can nest in there and, and grow in there and thrive in there. So when you're thriving, other people are thriving. To grow down, to grow up, to grow out. Are you growing? That's a good question to ask ourselves. Are we growing in God? Are we growing closer to God? Kalamunda Church wants to be the church where you can grow healthily and strong. And on Tuesday night, obviously, if you're interested in Connect Group leading or hosting, love to see you here for some pizza and sharing some of the vision. And Claire will be our Connect Group coordinator to share some some thoughts and also just some practical guides and tips around Connect Groups. And and we're believing just to grow that space, not because every other church does it and you have to have Connect Groups, because this is what we're passionate about, connection, being planted you know, I won't go there, but in, in Acts chapter 4, when the, uh, when the disciples faced a really hard time, and the Bible says, these exact words says, and upon returning to their own people. What was it? They'd come out of a hard time, but they were going back to their own people. And that's where they had prayer. That's where they had encouragement. That's where they had help. They, everybody needs your own people. Now, your own people spiritually may not be in a formal connect group. It might just not fit your schedule of life, and that's okay. But, but who are your own people? Maybe there's other ways to do that. Connect groups can be all different sizes and shapes and, and fellowships or riding bikes or doing anything. And maybe it's uh, you've got your own people. See, they had that in the book of Acts, and that's what filled them with great power and strength as they knew they could go back to their own People. Let's make a, a prayer for our church that there's no one lost, no one without their own people, no one without that, like a cedar of Lebanon. Then it says this, they will still bear fruit in old age 
And everyone over 25 said? <laughs> they will stay fresh and green. Flourishing means fruitfulness. Did you notice that? So we've talked about flourishing like a palm tree, that you, you are strong in Christ. You can bounce back. You've got the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. Amen. So you bounce back. Uh, you will grow when you're planted. You will grow planted in the house of the Lord. And then it says fruitful because that's really what God's desire for us is fruitfulness. And who knows that all fruitfulness flows from faithfulness. If we just be faithful, God will make you fruitful. Don't go looking to be fruity. Just look to be faithful. When you just be faithful with the little things, faithful with the small, faithful that I'm just going to have my family at church that way, as much as I can to get in the house of God, to get planned, faithful with a connect group, faithful with the Word of God, faithful with prayer, faithful in my marriage, faithful in my work. I'm the hardest worker at my workplace because I'm fa- if you just be faithful, 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 God will make you fruitful. The fruit will just go pop. And the fruit will come. So our focus is just to be faithful. And it says, even in old age, I love that, hey? That is our goal this year, that, that more than, more than just, um, just one generation, every generation is celebrated in Kalamunda Church. And I don't know exactly how that all looks and what it looks like, but I know it's our heart to be the family church of grandparents and great-grandparents and kids and just a flourishing family. Flourishing family. Our music team, if you want to come back up, I'm just about done, I think. And I just got this last little point of the verse which says, they'll still bear fruit in old age, they'll stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord. You know, we are, our call is to proclaim Jesus. Our call is to overflow out of being planted and planted things grow and are fruitful and the fruit is not for us. The fruit is for others. And I really just want to encourage us from this word this morning, that whatever the Holy Spirit's doing in your heart this morning, whether it is to just to talk, to have that conversation, and what does it mean to be planted here? Maybe that's a prayer some people could start praying. Because as I said, we're not just after people for numbers sake. We don't have a business agenda to keep up with. We're about a family growing. And healthy families grow. And one way you grow is when you get more intimate, isn't it? You grow that way. And as we get closer together, I believe God wants to bless this house abundantly, bless these people, bless us abundantly. I just, I just have that in my heart because I just love Him and I know He loves me and I know He loves you and I know He loves us. And as the intimacy and connection and community grows, so naturally will be the fruit and will be people saying, hey, there's a church there that will love me, that I can grow in, that I can flourish in. And the real flourishing won't happen in here. It'll happen in the, every other area of your life. I'm excited, I hope you are too, about what the future holds. So would you pray with me? Why don't we stand and pray? If you're, if you're comfortable just to stand, we're going to hand back to the worship team. Don't forget, after the service, Claire will be in that next step area. If you want to talk about connect groups, want to talk about anything really about connecting to the life of the church, I'll head out there too. But if you need prayer this morning, feel free to come down to the maybe the sides, either the left or the right-hand side, where a couple of mats are, and we'll love to pray for you. Pray about anything. You know, don't never take that for granted. Can I just say that as we're in attitude of prayer? Never take receiving prayer for granted. It's not for people that are just, if everything's going messy. Prayer isn't just for crisis situations. Prayer, prayer is who we are. 
Jesus said, my house will be called a house of prayer because he, he knows we need to pray for one another. So if you need prayer for anything at all, just come down and just pray together. But Father, I just come to you and I just pray also this morning, Father, for any person here that doesn't know you as their saviour. Lord, that they're, 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 not, they're hearing about being planted in a church, but they need to be planted in you, in Christ, to be a new creation, to believe and receive the gospel, that you love them so much, you sent your son to die for them. If you be here this morning and that's you, and you want to say yes to Jesus, I just want to pray for you this morning. I'd love you to come down to one of the sides and just pray with me. Say, yes, I want, I want to give my heart to Jesus. You can do that during the next song. You can do it after or whenever as I'll just wait at the front. But Father, I just pray for us as a church, as we plant ourselves, what that means, Lord, to make a choice, make a decision and a commitment that when life gets hard in our lives, that I thank you that we've got, we've got a house, a local body to be planted in. I thank you for every person here, Lord. I thank you for, for the people you're bringing. I thank you for new people that are just sense this is home. This is a spiritual home for me. And I just pray that we'll be the church that loves that accepts, that grows, that helps, at times corrects, <laughs> and just helps us go forward in love, in your power. We give our hearts to you this morning, Father, and we say thank you so much. Thank you so much that you didn't just die and stop there, but you rose from the dead and, cre- and birthed for the church, your body, your family, that we are so blessed to be a part of. Everybody said... Amen.